Welcome everyone to the Reflection Artist Live podcast hosted by myself, Justin Lobato. Set your calendars to tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time or 9 a.m. Pacific Time where I will be bringing you industry spotlight interviews live from my active detail shop or an industry event. So if you're curious about who is who and what is what in the detail industry, don't forget to subscribe and tune in every Wednesday for some of the most exclusive interviews. All right, so here we are. It is Wednesday, uh, November 11th, and we are on Reflection Artist Live with our special guest, Billy Bogus from American Detailer Garage, ADG. And um, we're going to go ahead and just, you know, go over some of his background, how he came into the industry, where he's at now, you know, just to let people know who Billy is on a personal level, along with, you know, ADG as well, because I feel that both Billy and ADG are one, even though they are two separate entities, because he is the one that is the, uh, the creator of the brand. So, Billy... The floor is yours, sir. Tell me a little bit about your uh, background and, uh, you know, how you got into detailing and how all this came about. All right. Well, thanks, Justin. I appreciate you inviting us on and, and happy to be here. I uh, started when I was younger. Actually, I was um, in the military. Got your audio cutting out a little bit, sir. So it's probably not. And I just had this OCD thing. Well, if I move closer, is that better? Hold on. Yeah, I can hear you much better now. Okay. Yeah, well, so the OCD effect, I think, from my uniform to make sure my uniform is pristine to, you know, washing cars. So I'd polish boots. I'd press out camis. I'd work on other people's uniforms. You know, they'd pay me to get their uniforms ready for inspection. And I started getting into washing cars. I'd bought my first fairly new vehicle. It was a 95 Dodge Dakota. It was in good shape. I wanted to keep it in good shape. Well, just in line with everything else, I kept my truck really clean. So I started doing other Marines, their vehicles, and started washing them, waxing them. You know, I thought it was really detailing back then. And then uh, when I came home from the military, I wanted to get a job that was aligning with what I was currently doing. So, you know, I took a job at a dealership. because That's where detailers are refined at. <laughs> I took a job at a dealership and uh, worked there for a while. Then I got involved with the body shop side of it, body shop supply, worked with them. Um, so I really just started integrating in every dimension of paint, paint reconditioning, all things body shop, detailing related, and then the passion just exploded from there. So that's really kind of how it got started. So you learned from both the dealership side, there was a, a perspective I'm sure you picked up on. And then, of course, going into the body shop side. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, the, the goods and bads of what you learned in the, uh, the dealership. And then, of course, moving forward into the body shop. You know, the great thing about dealership detailing, and I tell the new guys is you can really learn how to do the basics and you can learn to be efficient because they don't want you spending all day on a car. So you learn how to do a wash and wax job pretty quick. You do them all day long or vacuuming out. You get uh, almost like a boot camp style basis, um, basic level of detailing with the dealerships. You know, it's just a, a like a level one, but you get a really good and your multiple steps and you really get all that down, which helps once you start learning more about the expansive ways you can go, you know, paint correction, sanding or one steps or two steps. You kind of have the base, the foundation already made because you've done it and honed that skill in the, in the dealership area. 
the the downside of that is, you know, you're not going to get the results that you will as a professional detailer. You're not going to get those results, but nobody's expected to get those results when they're first starting out. And that's why I say it's a great place for guys. Just want to get a firm understanding of the basics. Of course, that was back, Justin, before you had YouTube and Google and all the stuff that you have now. Really, that's how you learned was by doing it. Yeah. And then on job practice. Yeah, right there on the job practice, on the job training and, and really getting a visual a feel for it and all of that. I can remember the dealership had a buffer and they wouldn't let us touch it. <laughs> rotary? They had a rotary. Yeah, they had our old rotary, DeWalt, and they wouldn't let us touch it. Wow. So what was it there for then? Is it paperweight or what? <laughs> who, who was allowed to touch it is what I should ask. No, I think I think at some I think at some point before they had had like uh, dealerships have multiple vendors come in to do paint, touch up, you know, uh, dye carpets or whatever. And I think they had bought it for one of those vendors at one point that came in and was actually fixing scratches or making more scratches. We don't know. That's interesting. They made the investment yet for the business, but not directly for in-house, more of outsourcing versus where they could have kept that in-house and had somebody trained. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was very little training that went involved. Really it was just, you know, washing and waxing and, and vacuuming there. Anything more than that, they didn't want us doing, you know, we're, we're dumb kids, right? We're, they didn't want us damaging anything. That makes sense. It's like a restaurant, you know, the dishwasher, you don't want them cooking. Just wash dishes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. And then body moving shop. forward into the body shop, you know, what, what was the perspective there on the, on the, which, which you picked up on good and bad. The body shop was completely different because what you learn there is, is how the substrates built up you know, from the primer base and clear single stage. You learn all this stuff from the body shop guys. And when you're in the dealership, they won't, again, like I said, they won't let you buff the car. You realize really how things are coated, but at the same time, you learn how to push the envelope, really work that edge and how to get, you know, that perfect reflection artist, you know, correction on the paint. I learned all that in the body shop because it teaches you your limitations. The downside of the body shop is they didn't look at a detailer as skilled labor. They looked at you like a dishwasher. You know, maybe it's one level up above the dealership. But I got to tell you, I learned a lot, a lot in those body shops. And, you know, it wasn't like it is now. We didn't have beaming lights and all of this correction technology. We had the body shop where there was a honey. So you might be kneeling down in water while you're wet sanding or buffing out a car. You know, it wasn't, it, it was never looked at as a highly glorious profession back then. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Now, you know, between what, what you learned between, again, the dealership and the body shop and now moving forward and, you know, providing detailing services that on your own, you know, at what point were you starting to put those things together and realizing that, you know, now you can have your own and make your own money kind of scenario and run your own you know, direction with this? It's probably 2003, you know, really coming off of, uh, and I, I dabbled with the auction house and then I actually went to work for a production shop. So at this point now, this is 2003, 2004, I had a really good fundamental understanding of the different processes and I could know how to separate each one of them. Now I bought an IROC, I bought an 87 IROC Camaro and nice. the paint was all oxidized. And so I knew how to push the envelope and the worst thing I could do is run my own car. Did it come with a leather jacket? And once I, I actually went, it did not come with a leather jacket. It didn't come with a leather T-top bag, though. 
Once I learned, oh, I actually sanded that car. <laughs> Remember those? Uh, yeah. I actually sanded that car, and when I did that car, I got enough confidence to start start really, you know, charging money for a higher level of detail. And when I say higher money, I mean it was like one hundred and twenty five dollars back then on the high side. I mean, that's the early two thousands. That's still for for that time frame. You know, it doesn't sound like much, but for that kind of service, it was a good dollar. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I mean, and of course, we put way more time into it than we actually got paid for. Of course, that's that was the name of the game. That that was yeah. the, the only way to do things back then with detailing, and that was that was what we're still trying to shake away from this day and age. Oh, it's so true. I mean, it's it's turning a passion into a profit more in this day and age. Where back then, we were doing it truly for the passion and the love of what we were doing. Back then, again, you didn't have Google, YouTube. It wasn't really known all that much about doing true paint correction. So back then, we put the passion in it because there weren't there there were not there was not that many of us out there that could take paint to that level. And that was the other thing that helped drive the passion is that we were different. We were. We we're specialists because at that point the word, the word specialist meant something because there were few and far between that could actually operate at that level with that level of a high finish and understand it. You know, now unfortunately the, the term is a bit more watered down, people coming into the detail space and just exercising that title without actually even exercising the process. You know, I'm not sure the industry would be where it is today if it hadn't been for a bunch of guys that felt the same way, lost a whole bunch of money. You're breaking up on me again, Billy. Sorry. Fathers. Okay. I say, uh, I'm not sure the industry would be where it is today if it weren't for the early guys that they kind of took it on the chin on the profit end and pursuit of the passion and really took the industry forward to the point where they could teach guys how to get both the passion and the profit like you see today. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, moving forward now with, with you, you know, running, detailing and doing that now on top of that, when, you know, outside of that, were you doing anything else to, to bring in money? Like any other jobs on top of the detailing as far as uh, to collectively, you know, pay bills and, and get ahead? Oh yeah. Yeah. Back then I had worked, uh, like I said, at the body shop supply company. And then, uh, then I ended up actually going and driving a truck, driving a semi truck. So I've always kind of offset my income with, you know, with the job. Of course, we had a young kid at the time, too. So it was myself, my wife, wife wasn't working and uh, and our daughter. So I'd always kept working just to make sure we had enough money coming in to make ends meet, no matter how busy we were. And that's probably something that I did wrong you know, in the early days is instead of focusing on business, I was just focusing on making more money. Right. Yeah, and that's you know, you know between uh, the two, between the the detailing and the day job, I guess I should clarify that. And and I think a lot of people end up. It wasn't easy. No, no, I think that that's a lot of a lot of individuals do and go that route with that mentality because that's, you know, when you when you run and operate your own business at a young age or a later age, whatever it may be, having that first opportunity to finally say, "Hey, I own it. It's my business." It, you know what I mean? So. Then you're able to also start looking at, oh, there's the money, there's the dollars, and that becomes a drive for a little while, and, and everything else becomes background noise, even though it's still relevant, but it's not on the forefront as what the dollar coming in is, and that's where it ends up being a paper chase scenario almost. 
Yeah, well, and, and there's a good side of that too. It also teaches you to really be responsible. You know, once you kick the job, you kick the day job. That that dollar, that's all you got now. So it, it teaches you to manage your bottom line, but it teaches you to also manage and pursue a higher top line as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. So from from that point, I mean, what what gave you, you know, everything now for, you know, building up and, and creating the, the ADG brand? Uh, what started that and how did all that transpire? You know, I think it was through learning, um, learning all the stuff I had over the decades of detailing and, and being in the Facebook groups and seeing what guys were doing wrong or, you know, maybe not performing to the level that they could. Yeah, I call it common sense approach detailing and um, started kind of helping out, you know, a little bit in the groups and doing some videos. So I started my own group in 2015, American Detailer, which is now American Detailer Garage. And just I'm not really good with technology. So YouTube thing wasn't my, wasn't my gig. So I just started the Facebook group and started doing videos like how to videos and mostly geared toward efficiency and, and making money. Right. And, and trying to help guys understand that. Yeah. Well, this is a passion of ours. You can make money at it, but at the same time, you've got to realize you've got a whole internet world out there, different social media platforms that are really selling a lie in some cases, they're either selling a lie or the detailers misrepresenting what's being put out there. And that's probably more so the case because you don't know all the facts behind whatever it is you see and read. So I think it was important to put an emphasis on, all right, you know, here's how you make money. If you want to, you want the glory, do the glory on your own cars. But, you know, if you're going to take care of your family, we need to learn how to make money and get efficient. So and that's how we started it and did that for a couple of years before the product line came out. But, you know, I have a, I think I've told you on the phone before, I have a vested interest in seeing detailers succeed in this industry i started at a young age we didn't have a whole lot of anything really came from nothing had it not been for this industry there's no telling where a lot of us would be in life certainly not where we are today so i like that i like to pay it forward and uh american detailer in the beginning was a way to do that american detailer garage now is something we've continued to do is just really get behind these guys and let them know hey this is something we're all passionate about pretty awesome you can raise a family and live a pretty good life doing what you love to do yeah 100 percent and to your testimony too, the, the what I like the most is you know where you're located. You're what part of Kentucky are you in, Billy? We live in a little town called Brandenburg, Kentucky. It's about 12 miles outside of Fort Knox, kind of in the middle of nowhere. Really, there's nothing really around us. So you're in a small town, and you don't have this big metropolitan-based kind of clientele. And as far as you know, being set up as a detailer, you're of course still getting work, but you've also built a brand, but that just goes to show you that there really are no limitations other than yourself because a lot of times to my point i hear people saying well i'm in a small town the population isn't that big i can't get this i can't do that and and you know being that you're from a smaller town what what would your answer to that be billy well good question justin and i, I get guys that message us all the time or calling and hey i'm in a small town that's where these wash and wax jobs are so great where you are today may not be where you're going to be five, 10, 15 years from now. So why would you leave the industry? Right. And that goes back to trying to, to build up the industry. I don't want you to leave the industry. What if we can work something that's in your town? They sell shoes everywhere you go. The poorest town in America, somebody's selling shoes or shirts or blue jeans. There's somebody always selling something. It might not be Gucci, but they're selling something. So if you want to exist and hone your skills in the industry and take it somewhere one day, just work with what you got right there. These wash and wax jobs. When we developed our products, we really 
developed them with that in mind for the guys. Okay. I can only get $150 maybe. Okay. Well, let's find a way to get you $75 an hour, $50 an hour, right? That's good money in these small towns. So I don't want anybody to discount just because they're in a, an area. We got 25,000 people in our, our entire County. Yeah. There's some money to be made there. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a, again, that's a true testimony to the point of, you know, if you do come from or operate out of a small town, there's always potential there. It's just a matter of how you tap into that potential, which you utilize that demographic for testing and also exercising your services. But what was built on that was the foundation of what's now American Detail or Garage with the products. It was a lot of that came with, you know, ringing in the dealership work, go to Sometimes there's not enough of the $100, $150, $200 jobs out there. You reel in dealership work and you go for volume. But once we started the Facebook group, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to, you know, when I was bringing these dealership cars in, at one point we had two employees. I wanted the experience. I wanted the knowledge so that I could take that and and show other guys, hey, look, if you're in this situation, here's how you can make money. My long-term goal was not running a production shop. My long-term goal was running a brand, a company. And showing guys, well, I think the best way to show people is when you've done it yourself. You can say, well, I know this will work because we did this. Yeah, and that's that's what intrigued me. You know, when you, you're, you're on social media and you're showing with your videos, you know, how to use, whether it be another manufacturer's products for more efficiency uh, in, in production. Uh, but either way, I mean, you know, me personally, you know, seeing when you came with the content that you were releasing back in that 2015 timeframe with the page, you know, here's this guy in a small town, you know, snakes, guns, and detailing, you know, very intriguing. <laughs> and, and it worked out well and it played to your benefit and you were very raw with it, but the rawness was the honesty. You know, it wasn't something that was trimmed down and, and textbook. It was basically, this is what we have. This is what we're working with. I'm speaking to the detailers that are, you know, figuring out how to make this happen. And here's my formula of what I feel can work for you kind of scenario. And I think that that played out well, because that allowed to contribute to, again, the growth of that side of the detail community that was maybe puzzled on what they can do. And with you coming in and helping with that perspective, I think it added a lot of value to it. Matter of fact, I know it added a lot of value to it. I appreciate that, Justin. And it's still always evolving. You know, you said uh, raw back. We were real raw back in the early days. If I go back and watch some of those early videos, I'm like, I just almost cringe. <laughs> you know, not so much what I was showing, but the presentation all around. I think it, it did well to connect with people. Hey, he's just like me. And the fact is, I am just like you. When you grow a brand through the evolving process, you got to polish some of that stuff up for a broader reach if your goal really is to reach a broader audience and that's something we've had to work on and hasn't been an easy thing, but that's also the beautiful thing about what we do in this industry. There's, there's constantly refinement that can be done. You can constantly get better. It's constantly evolving and it's, it's broad. Really. I never get bored doing any of this stuff, but as long as the guys are getting something out of it, you know, that's always going to give me something to do. I've got a job to do. Agree. And, and I think that's where, you know, where our paths cross, because then we, we now talk about like, you know, with the growth of the detail community and the bigger picture with like the IDA, where we had a f- couple of phone calls back and forth. And, you know, you having a better understanding of what the association had to offer. And, you know, talk a little bit about your true and honest feelings out the gate of what you felt versus 
what you experienced once you got involved and of course leading up to you being 2018 supplier of the year so and and all that how how it came together from your first emotions about it well the idea in general you know um, if you if you pay attention to online and what people are saying online it, it would lead to people have to understand that you, garbage in garbage out if you put garbage in garbage comes out you put good things in good things come out and so if you all the knowledge that you're getting is coming from online and not real world. And then you're going to get a, um, an opaque picture of what the real thing is. So for me, I was kind of like that too. And I saw the IDA up close and personal, the people, the members of the IDA, the founding. And uh, it was actually 2018 when we won the award at the banquet ceremony, when they were talking about the founding of the IDA and, and the, the original members sitting down at a cafe at a restaurant and coming up with this idea. And that goes all the way back to the beginning of this podcast. We were talking about how it all spawns out of a passion that really showed me that people really laid the bricks for the idea, regardless of what somebody might think about the idea. But there was a lot of effort that went into it that in the early days, not a lot of money and not a lot of support. I think a great deal of the recognition we have on a global scale as detailers uh, I think the IDA played a pivotal role in paving the way for, you know, our uh, our careers, our, our our industry to be looked at on a higher level. Again, we talked earlier about the dealership and the body shop back 15, 20 years ago. It wasn't looked at as being a really glorious, skilled trade, whereas now it is. I think for somebody to say the IDA was not involved in, in shaping that opinion on a global scale would be, you know, would be an inaccurate statement. For yeah. us to win the award, you know, we, yeah, I hope that answered that question. No, no, but, no. Uh, going back it, to the award, you know, it, the award, you know, winning the award, that was a really special night to us because it, it, it was an emotional night. You know, some guy might listen to this podcast and, and kind of laugh about it, but it was an emotional night for us because, you know, we had started in a small town, Kentucky. And, and been through the ups and downs and the stuff that I talk to guys about now, about get out of the shop, get off Facebook, go spend time with the family. These are all things we did wrong through the years. And, you know, Beth and I, next year will be 20 years to been together, 20 years. And it's not easy to have a relationship for 20 years. It's not easy to stay in a career and be passionate about the career for 20 years. And it certainly isn't easy to mend them both together and have them try to be at some level of success. So, you know, it really reflected back to the early days, the body shops, it's almost like a movie trailer playing in your mind. And it's like, wow, I never dreamed all those years ago when I was coming home with, with, you know, sanding slurry all over my pants or compound all over myself or going to car shows and, and nobody really taking us seriously. Wow. You know, we have this award to show not so much for our efforts of detail. And even broader than that, we, we created a brand. We, we created a brand, which means we obviously helped somebody somewhere along the way and made their life better, made their business better. And now we're being rewarded for it. When you look at it like that, it puts all those things in perspective and know that the long hours in the shop, the neglect in my family, although I'll never get those years back and nothing can ever replace that. I know for my wife, it meant, wow, okay, you know, that time away, I see now it gives them a bigger picture. And, and she's the hardcore ADG just as much as I am. For me, it was like, this was all worth it. I think anytime somebody embarks on something, that they're passionate about in the end it has to matter if your heart is really into it it has to matter 
And there's two ways that it matters. And it's not necessarily through a hardware award, but through what you create out there and somebody else watching somebody else succeed. Rennie said it a while back that, you know, he's on the mountain. His greatest achievement now is seeing other people reach the top of the mountain. And I, I couldn't agree more with that. So winning the hardware, winning the awards, one thing, but to see guys go out there and become successful um, in, in their business and things that you help them with, I think that that really is the icing on the cake. Agree. And the fact that you were able to provide a tool to the industry that's, that's beneficial tool being the product and the brand and, and having recognition, that's not obviously on a level of just a few people. That's quite a few, you know, in the industry as far as, as a percentage of the industry, basically recognizing that you were able to bring something to the table that, you know, was a reward. Yes. Which was the tangible thing. But like you had said, it's something that overall just, tells you that you you did the right thing and all that passion and sacrifice was well worth it and you know of course congratulations on the 20 years i'm sure you know beth has a lot to say of what she's had to put up with but you know that's a whole nother subject whole nother podcast <laughs> oh yeah if you could ever get her if you could ever get her to to to, to go on camera or anything yes yeah, she could tell you and i apologize there's background noise i found the one spot in the parking lot where they're blowing leaves and they just happen to be all around me um I think the, and she actually did a, a podcast with uh, Optimum here a while back when they were doing the Optimum Synergy podcast and kind of, you know, let some of it out back then. And, and, you know, the wives are not always on board. And a lot of times they're not going to be, have absolute conviction in what you're doing until they see a result. Right. And that's the, that's everything with being an entrepreneur is the impatience. You know, I'm not going to have absolute conviction until I see the reward. Well, you have to have the patience to get to the reward in the first place. How, how important do you think it is how bringing your significant wife, girlfriend, other to an event or to multiple events so they get the experience to see the bigger picture, to appreciate it? How much of that do you think that helps change the dynamics of the relationship for the better? Well, it's huge. I mean, especially if you plan on having any kind of long-term relationship with that, with that person, especially if you have kids, I think it's important to get them out there. I think, you know, the, the car hobby and the shooting hobby – are a lot alike when I say shooting like guns um, there are there's people out there that just go out with the guys and they go shoot or they go do the car thing and the woman does her thing and then there's another part another aspect where the wife girlfriend whatever likes to go shoot they, they enjoy the car scene just as much and I think if anybody that wanted to, to pursue this in the long term it, you, you already know you know if you, you catch more flies of honey than you do with poop right so if you want your wife to be on board and support you you need to make her a part of it yeah, going out with the guys and leaving her sitting at home, she doesn't get an idea of what the true, just like with the idea, you don't get a true idea of what the industry is until you see it firsthand. <clears throat> she might watch you at home on the TV watching Barrett Jackson or watching these car shows. Well, I got news for you. you know, women at some point want to see other things. Well, one of the things you can do is bring them out to the event, let them meet other people, and they say, well, this really is a real thing. It's not just some cute thing that my significant other is involved in. Yeah. They see how busy you stay. They see the effort that goes into it. They see how exhausting it can be. So that way there's a, a new, you know, found respect and appreciation at the same time uh, for both what's put into it and, of course, why it weighs or may weigh on the relationship at any level. Well, they see Justin Lobato and they're like, well, I want you to be like that. Yeah. No. I'm just here 
passion and uh, like you said, a product of my environment. You know, I just, I have a good eye for opportunities, I think is, is the best testimony I have to a lot of everything that I've done is just having a good eye for opportunities and knowing where to capitalize and not putting too much on my plate at once and being able to finish what I start. 100% of all that, all those are, are necessities, you know, on the, on the road to success that, uh, that could, I could just go on forever on that topic in itself. And I know you could too, but yeah, all those things are, uh, man, discipline, all those things are tools in the toolbox to get where you want to go. Absolutely. So with, with everything now, I mean, you've gotten in with, you know, quite a few different distributors, the you know, auto geek being one of them, which was, was, was awesome. Now with your product being, you know, outward out in, in the public eye, not just the detailers eye, you know, um, what do you see as, as the future for ADG and, and your, your path with it? I mean, is there, you have some things coming down the pipe with direction or, you know, touch on that a little bit. Oh yeah. I have a, I have a lot of visions for this brand <clears throat> and we're not even remotely close to where I want it to be. I want it to be on a larger scale. You know, I think our first order of business was making product in, in small enough sizes, 16 ounce sizes, for instance, for detailers to sell to their customers. We want to reach, obviously, we want to reach the consumer base. One of the easiest ways to do that is put consumer sizing in the hands of guys who already use and love your product. We've seen that start to take off. You know, and I've said it in ADG, and I've done these videos before, and I want people to understand that we are passionate about putting out great quality products. That's never going to change with ADG, but our vision is so much bigger that I really something that's never going to get old of me is, is being impactful in the lives of people that, that, you know, want to achieve their dreams, right? Not just, just being some guy that sells product. I like to be somebody that I'm in your corner. I'm your corner man. That's something I take a lot of passion in. And so we've thought about doing some things, whether it be trainings down the road, I get people send me messages all the time asking about training. We want to do that. So I think the ADG that you see today is a, um, is a dot, a blip on the map of the overall picture once we pull everything together so many different aspects of this but you know obviously i want to grow as a bigger company uh, i often say yeah i want adg to be known as the harley davidson of the industry we ain't pretty we're not fancy we're just raw we get to the point and uh but we back that up with support and uh you know i have a passion for speaking with people it, you know again like i said already there's no greater joy than seeing people that you help in their life be able to contribute in a manner that makes a better life for their family. That's the ultimate goal. And that's what we're going to do on another level with ADG as time goes on, along with obviously coming out with more products. So you have other products in line that are, of course, with the way that you do R&D, you take your time. That's what I love about it. You take your time. Um, you do a lot of testing. And if you don't like it, it's out. And on to the next formulation to make it right for you. But there's definitely a few things. Are there any things that, that, that you could talk about now or you just want to hold off or just kind of give a little taste of what maybe you have in line for the, the new products for ADG? Oh, yeah, I'd be happy to, Justin. So, yeah, we uh, we just released Shield, which is an interior protecting coating. With all of the products, the base products with ADG, the requirement that I had with those is they had to make sense. They had to line up with the way I teach and the way Go I detail. over those just to, just to recap on what, what exactly those products are in case anybody's just now listening and not familiar with with your with your line of what you currently offer along with what's going to be new okay yeah great we start out with a product called f-bomb it's a true multi-purpose cleaner literally 
when I was doing early development with this product, I talked to a friend of mine. I said, man, what would you call an all-purpose cleaner that you can wet sand with, that, that cleans wheels, cleans tires, is gentle enough to use on leather, does all these things. And he says, F-bomb. So, you know, my buddy Caleb Phipps is the one who actually gave me the name for F-bomb. So we launched that. It's a true multi-purpose cleaner. It's soap-based. It's the only one I am aware of on the market that is like that. We came out of the gate with that. Then we came out of the gate with Wipeout, those two products together. Wipeout being our rinse-free wash system. That seems to be more and more popular, both in efficiency and in areas where they have stricter regulations when it terms of uh, free-flowing sources of water, right? And then also containing water. So uh, the rinse-free wash, Wipeout, that's something that's really taken off for us. Again, you know, across the industry as a whole, it's done really well. Then we had to have something to top it off. And Valor was our synthetic polymer spray sealant. And we were slow to get that out of the gate because we were caught in between making it too strong and not strong enough. I wanted it to be able to be used again for the guy in the rural area that might do $150 detail. I mean, you can do a wipeout wash with our rinseless wash product. And then while the vehicle's wet, after you've washed it, you spray Valor on the wet surface and then you dry it and do all of that in one step. So effectively, you've done a wash and wax in one step. So Valor had to be strong enough to not just completely water it down once it is introduced to the surface that's already wet. So Valor was our third product. And then everybody was getting crazy about the foam cannons. The foam cannons popping up everywhere. And there's a, hey, why don't you make a product that we can use in a foam cannon? Well, it's true to what we do with ADG, we've worked really hard. It took us about a year to make a rinseless wash that foams up like a car wash soap and you can use in a foam cannon. That also works great on windows and it had to meet the same criteria. It's fast flashing, you know, it doesn't leave a nasty film behind or doesn't fusion doesn't leave any film behind. Uh, 128 to one and a, and a great cleaner product in itself, but yet different than Wipeout. And so that product was fusion. So now we have f-bomb wipeout valor and infusion and then this year we started working on the interiors so we've got all our products out there to, to clean the paint to wash the paint to seal the outside but we had nothing for the inside really so with with adg again so everything has to make sense our baseline of product have to make sense well i would talk to guys some guys they hate interior dressings. some people love interior dressings myself when i was doing production work i, I used interior dressings a lot for the biggest reason on these auction cars and the dealership cars, they would cover up scuffs. They literally would kind of hide scuffs. Oh yeah. Mask, mask, everything, mask, everything. So what I would do is put the water-based dressing in a, in a siphon feed spray gun, paint gun, and literally spray the interior and just kind of fog it, gave it a perfect finish. So when we went to the, that was too easy for us. We could have done that. It was too easy. It didn't make enough sense for us. We wanted something that was going to be a protectant, something you could look, and see a difference at least just a very mild sheen it changes the surface tension so you can feel the difference if you've ever sat on a leather seat after shield is on there if you can feel the coating that's on there uh, 16 out sizes so again customer comes to your detail shop they love what you're doing for them maybe you don't have time to maintain the coated car or your schedule is full well now we gave you the option to be able to sell that product to your customer customer is able to now maintain a professional result on their vehicle that you left for them so we did that and then we've got two other products that will get launched hopefully by december 1st unity as our uh, our tire conditioner uh we're about two out two years late on that you know everybody that was the one product we didn't have was the tire dressing tire dressing is not enough for me it had to be able to have a job so unity yeah. will be our, our our tire conditioner we'll launch that by december 1st uh, another product we're really excited about 
it's not a glazed donut look. It actually leaves a, a mild shine on the tire. You can put two or three. You can layer it as much as you want. Won't sling. The most important thing is the polymer base that we have in there literally protects the, the tire the entire time. So not only does your tire look nice and clean and shiny, but you have a base of protectant that's blocking UV rays, does not attract dust. And people will find the people that we've had testing it when they go to clean the tires again, two or three weeks down the line, it's, it takes half the effort to get them clean again because we've had that polymer base in there with it. And then uh, to finish everything out, we'll launch Breeze, which is our glass cleaner. You know, it was important for us to get this stuff out because the last thing you want to do as a product manufacturer is sell your products to somebody or show them a systematic approach to detailing. And they say, well, that's great. What should I use for windows? What should I use for tires? Then you've got to recommend somebody else's product. Well, that's yeah. never what you want to do. So we're, we're happy to, by December 1st, we'll finalize our baseline to start with and finally have a full line of products. I really like the fact, too, that, you know, a lot of those that have tried the products or really brought them on as their daily use type product have pushed the envelope and doing things with the products that, you know, are just so versatile, you know, between Wipeout and F-Bomb, you know, when you go on social media with your uh, group or outside of the group and maybe another group, somebody featuring the product and showing all of its endless capabilities and versatility of, of the products, which is amazing. So it, that's kudos to being able to produce a product that has so many different ways of use uh, compared to just a designated one product kind of scenario. And I think moving forward, you know, that's going to be the, the case with what ADG brings to the table is so much versatility and simplicity at the same time is from what I've witnessed as you've grown with the brand. I think versatile simplicity is key, Justin. I think, you know, again, and I, I'm not trying to, bashing anybody out there but too often in our industry as well as the detailing of the uh, body shop industry i think guys like to impress people with how much they know and people never care how much you know until they know how much you care so yeah. i think people sometimes by making this system seem complicated it makes them sound smarter whereas i think if you simplify the process really it makes you sound smarter and it also you're not blowing people's minds away it's it really is versatile simplicity and really a hat tip to all the detailers that come up with these mixtures. I get emails all the time from just random people. And I just, you know, I just, why don't you join the ADG Facebook group and listen to what these guys are doing? Cause they'll come up with a different mix every day. So yeah, the products are versatile, but these guys do really push the envelope and, and get the most out of the product. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's definitely fun to watch. And so as far as, you know, finding, the ADG brand is you keep mentioning the Facebook. Are there any other social media platforms outside of Facebook that AG, ADG has right now? We have our Instagram. Uh, need to really step that game up. We uh, American Detailer Garage on Instagram. Obviously, the American Detailer Garage Facebook page. And then we have the group page. It is a private group. So, you know, get to answer some silly questions to get in there. But it keeps the group honest. AmericanDetailerGarage.com is our website. Then outside of your website with direct purchase, is there distributors that you have that you would want to mention in case they're one in more local uh, shipping or anything of that Absolutely. nature? Yeah, for the guys on the West Coast, autofiber.com will carry our products. Uh, if you're a ceramic pro guy, you know Five Point Car Care carries our products. And then you go out to the East Coast, obviously Auto Geek, we're blessed to have them down the who's in 
And then just east between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, we've got the Clean Garage, which they've been a really good asset to us too. And they're a great company. The Clean Garage is out there. And then we have tons of smaller distributors in between. Like again, we this our little mat keeps growing with the smaller guys again where they want to sell to their customers. And then if you want to buy direct, you can buy straight from us, American Detailer Garage. And we always pack your package out with love. Very nice. Very nice. So moving forward, what's uh, what you got planned for the rest of this year with finalizing this whole COVID situation and you just trying to get through the year or anything planned other than, the, you know, like you had mentioned the your release in December, but yeah. We're get the new products launched. Uh, yeah. By December 1st, I think, I think you always have to plan what I've learned. If you're not planning three months ahead, you're three months behind. So I think in the next, you know, the last couple of months of this year, we're going to be planning for what we're going to do in the springtime in terms of events, maybe some new product um, trainings and just putting content out there. I want to launch my own podcast, Justin. That's something I want to work on. You and I talked about that. I probably should do some more YouTube videos, just getting content out there and helping to, you know, got, first of all, get our name out there even more, get in front of people, but also, you know, show guys, hey, look, there really is an easier way to do this than maybe you think there are. Absolutely. And are you still um, going to be part of the uh, RB at, at Mobile Tech this coming 21? Yeah, mobile, absolutely. Yeah, Mobile Tech kicks off, and I hope it does. We'll, we will 100% be there. Yes, sir. Oh, perfect. Okay. Awesome. Well, Billy, I appreciate you being on, man. This is this is huge, you know, with, with the growth of everything we're doing at Buff and Shine uh, on behalf of myself, you know, and having you on is definitely an honor to be able to talk about, you know, your background, uh, everything you've achieved, everything that ADG and you've achieved with ADG has been awesome. And again, anybody looking to have more information, there's the website, there's the Facebook, there's the Instagram, some of the distributors uh, online, if you're already purchasing from them. And of course they give a full product description, which will help, um, with your purchase. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, and then, you know, with the uh, American detail garage, there's a lot of good information on there. And, you know, to, to add more to that, you know, the good thing I like about with what Billy's doing is that when he does teach train and show you how to do things, he has a lot of experience with other brands and products. So he's not biased in regards to just saying, Hey, this is all you need. It's just my stuff. It's, He's saying more like, hey, this is my stuff. It will work. We have used this other stuff. This is how it works as well in comparison. So he's able to give you a true organic, you know, feedback in his own experience along with, you know, the stuff that he does offer to be more helpful and well-rounded. But besides, oh, I yeah. we're done. <laughs> no, no, sorry. No, it's awkward when we have just the one screen because it's, it's I don't know, we got to figure this out. But again, this is the training wheels of uh, getting a podcast up and running. And this is the third official episode. And Billy, I want to thank you again for being on. And um, this is something that you, if you miss it now, it's on Facebook Live as we speak, but it is on our uh, most podcast platforms. So just go ahead and look up the Reflection Artist Live podcast. And this would be episode three with Billy Bogus. And thanks again, Billy. And if you have anything to say, go ahead. Yeah, thank you, Justin. I appreciate you uh, inviting us on there, man. It means a lot to us. And what a great bunch of guys over at Buff and Shine, too, huh? That's what I was going to say a second. Again, pads and, and people really what uh, 
sell products, but want to teach with the heart of a teacher, the guys above and shine. And of course yourself, Justin. Thank you, Billy. Thank you. And uh, yeah, we'll keep in touch. We'll touch base um, later on. And if there's any information you need for sharing this, you should be able to get it from the reflection artist uh, Facebook page as well. Outstanding. All right. Well, thank you and uh, take care. Thank you, Justin. Thanks everybody. All right. All right. Thanks everybody for watching. It's another successful episode with Reflection Artist Live and Billy Bogus from American Detail and Garage. Um, and of course, you can find this on the Buff and Shine Facebook page, Reflection Artist Facebook page, and any of the social media platforms that we offer, of course, with the podcast platform. So thanks again for watching and take care. Thanks for tuning in this week to Reflection Artist Live. We hope you had fun and learned something new. If you missed an episode or are looking for more, check us out on our social media or podcast platforms. And join us next week when we have another amazing guest. Don't miss it. We'll be talking business, life, and detailing. Also, don't forget to check out buffandshine.com for a variety of buffing pads and accessories for your detailing arsenal.